Welcome to Go Vertical Raw. My name is René Weimann. My guest for today is Heather Kleinschmidt. Growing up in Pittsburgh, being a professional dancer, she moved to New York City and became a team and culture development expert for small businesses. She focuses on growth, potential of every individual being, and tries to bring people together as a team where honesty and trust are the most important norms. We will talk about success habits, self-discipline, and how we can integrate feedback into our behavior. Heather, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. You come from a dancing background. Are you still doing classes? Not as often as I would like to. Every now and then I do. Um, and it's I actually am fortunate to have a, a studio space very close to my apartment that I'm able to use and just go by myself and um, sort of do my own exercises for very cheap. Um, so I enjoy doing that and I enjoy taking classes sometimes, but uh, I do, I, I'm trying to do it a bit more. But you're still uh, like exercising in this or do you do other sports now too? I, I, um, I do a bit of Pilates um, and then occasionally I'll, I'll go running or just do a little bit of a workout at home. Um, but dance is my main like athletic thing that I'm, that I do. Okay. Uh, tell me more about your sports experience. How did that happen? How did you decided to do dance as a sport, which is, yeah. which, it, which it is, it is, it is hard work and it is really a sport. I know yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one time in middle school, I got in kind of an argument with one of my best friends because she kept insisting that dance wasn't a sport because it didn't use any balls. Like not a good reason. Um, so I started dancing when I was very little. I just, I really loved it. I begged my parents to start doing classes. And so they put me in. Um, I think I started doing um, just like the, the young kids ballet and I think a jazz class and maybe tap as well. Um, and then as I got older, I started around middle school. I got um, really interested in basketball and volleyball and um, sort of these other sports that we were playing in school. And I really wanted to join those teams, but it came down to a point, I remember where um, I was looking at the practice schedules, if I wanted to do the team and it just, I had to choose between dance and these other sports. And I ended up going with dance. Um, But it's, I mean, I still enjoyed around that time. I still enjoyed playing them just sometimes uh, with my friends, although it wasn't as much as, as actually being on a team. And then um, as I got older, I got more into dance and I was doing like acrobat for a while um, and uh, moving into college that became my major. And I, I uh, became really interested in sort of all these aspects of movement that I had never um, been conscious of growing up, um, you know, looking at sort of the deeper muscles involved and, um, and even the, um, just the, the elements of, of expression that, that, um, I had never had a language for before that. Um, so that's kind of the history that, of, of that. Okay. Did it kind of came with a love of music or because with some people I know who uh, do dance uh, very uh, much, uh, they kind of have this special relationship to music and to get that expression. Was it for you? Was it like that for you or was it different? Uh, you know, I was so young when I started. I don't 
remember exactly why, but I do love music. That is a huge part of movement and that's a huge motivator um, to, to engage with the, with the movement. Anytime I take class now, um, the music is definitely a huge part of that. What is considered very young? Like when you realize that this is something, this is something that is like deeply in my heart is very important for me. When, when did you realize it? How old have you been? I first started taking classes around four or five. And wow. um, it was probably around middle school when I really became invested in it. Um, like, so around 12 or 13, I think German, it might be different in Germany, but for us, that's around age 12 or 13. Yeah. And we can definitely get out of the way the thing that dancing is not a sport. Um, it is. Uh, uh, do you know Ido Portal? Have you seen him or his films? I, I know his name. I'm not very familiar with yeah, him. He's a movement expert. He says that uh, contemporary dance, contemporary dancers, they learn like up to, uh, I don't know what the exact the exact number was, but like 100 or 500 uh, new movements into in one audition setting, and uh, this <laughs> yeah. is like very That's special. Funny. And the muscles that are uh, included in these movements and what the brain has to do to get all of those movements together this is like uh this is the essence of sport uh, no one no one can say that this is not a sport this is a very uh, special thing and yeah yeah, Ido yeah, Portal, yeah. yeah he's like a movement expert uh he has like a lot of stuff online and he does really really cool workshops and yeah he yeah, says that i keep hearing about him i need to look him up you should uh, okay, um, let's get a bit more into uh, your background now. <clears throat> you do uh, a lot of kind of coaching and uh, personality uh, development training now. Uh, a lot of people I train with, they blame their problems on genetics. For oh. example, I'm too small to play basketball or to do high jump or I don't have the right muscle fibers to run faster or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. What advice would you give to these people first what is the first thing you would tell these uh sportsmen yeah yeah it's this this is one of my biggest pet peeves um there's there's a very real set of limitations that that can come with your genetics and i do understand that and i want to acknowledge that but i am a huge believer in the massive growth potential of every human um, and I think that when, when there's a task that you're just not, you know, not achieving what you would like to be achieving on that, um, it, I think there are a lot, it's important to try to find new ways to approach that task so that you can grow to that point. Um, so I think oftentimes we're taught maybe a specific technique to do something. And there's a reason why that advice is given to us. Like it, it's probably good advice. If it works for someone else, there's a reason why it works for them. And I think it's important to try to understand why they're giving that advice. Um, but it's also important to understand that, that you might need to modify it and there might be a slightly different approach that you can take. Um, and so taking the gold nuggets out of the advice that you get and then applying it and like, you know, for example, in movement, it might be like, um, you know, someone tries to give you uh, feedback on like, you know, in dance, if you're trying to balance, they say like, oh, like engage your core or, um, you know, pull your, your, 
hamstrings or like engage these muscles. And it's like, okay, I'm going to engage these muscles, but there's, there are other modifications that you make along with that. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, there's just always the potential to grow regardless of whatever you may or may not have that you think is necessary to get there. Um, it just might involve a more creative solution or a slightly roundabout way to get there. Um, and it's, well, yeah, I could go on for a while about that, but <laughs> yeah, this is, this is something I discuss with a lot of people. And uh, it's also like important. And I think you would agree that uh, the things you worry about these, in that case, genetics or whatever, uh, uh -huh. they only have like a very small role. There's a lot of other yeah. things you can actually work on and you should fo yes. definitely focus on that. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, there's so much more that's within your control. And that one thing that's, you know, you're just born with, it's like, forget it and work with the stuff that you do have. Yeah. Uh, you work with a lot of different people. Uh, which ones do succeed and why? Uh, what are the secrets you discovered through your work now? Yeah, I, um, this is a really interesting question and it's something that I've been, I'm constantly discovering, um, the type of people who, who are more likely to succeed versus those who don't. I think one of the biggest um, common characteristics that the people who succeed have is this growth mindset where they believe that they can grow and they believe that whatever challenge they're faced with, they can find a way through it. It might be, you know, it might look like what the world tells them it needs to look like, or it might be a different solution through that problem. Um, but the people who succeed are the ones who take full ownership with, for whatever problem they're faced with, and they find a way to address it. Um, a couple other common characteristics, I think, are um, transparency is huge in communication and sort of this willingness to be visible. Um, Because so you know we all have this thing where we want to hide our weaknesses or hide what we're bad at, um, but the people who succeed are the ones who are are more willing to be seen, regardless of their mistakes or whatever. Um, because I mean, a that just makes things easier. It makes it easier when you're not constantly hiding and not constantly trying to cover up your mistakes or trying to be perceived a certain way. And you can just be kind of more honest about where you are. And then it also gives you, um, you're more likely to get useful feedback and people are more likely to approach you with feedback if you're not defensive about it. Whereas the people who are hiding and defensive, I've, in my experience, they tend to not, people don't approach them with feedback because they can sense that that person is fearful about it and defensive and hiding. Um, and so, yeah, that transparency is huge. Communication and um, just um, working well with others and um, sort of being aware of maybe the other people on your team, if it's a collaborative effort, just uh, talking with them and, and sharing information and thinking about the, their, the other people's perspective on the project and um, maintaining that. I think that those are all really key to succeeding in life. 
And what would you say uh, is like most important when you uh, are in a group of people because you focus a lot on the individual things. Mm -hmm. But uh, of course, you say you work mainly with groups. And I think yeah. it's also applicable for uh, like teams in sports when you have like mm -hmm. basketball. Uh, you say, of course, it's important to have ownership but uh, and to mm -hmm. to uh, really focus on everything what you can do. But uh, what is especially important regarding a team or a group of people? I think the most important thing is trust. Um, if people, if the people on your team don't feel that you're in it for the same common mission, um, and if they don't feel um, sort of safe relying on you, that is like a make or break um, situation. Um, communication, again, is just really, really key. Um, I think that's one of the biggest downfalls that a lot of teams, they, they break apart because they're just not communicating or not communicating well. Um, and I think, yeah, those are the two biggest things it, because trust determines whether or not your teammates are willing to take risks. And sometimes that's what you need. You need someone to go for the big shot or go for whatever. And it's, they're not going to do it if they feel like they're going to get off the court and you're going to, you know, treat them like garbage or, um, or I'm trying to think of another example or yeah, just in general, like they need to know that they can send something your way and you're not going to hog it or try to make it about you or about your ego, but you're going to make it about the team and this common mission that's there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's great that it is uh, uh, pliable uh, to any group of uh, people. They always behave the same. It doesn't matter if we are in sports in a, in a, in a, a team match or in a, team that works together on a big project whatever yeah so it's applicable yeah, anywhere um coming back to uh your roots <clears throat> when uh how was that in dance with other dancers uh i assume there were some who were better or who succeeded or who maybe got to another level uh have you realized back then which ones succeeded there what kind of habits did they have or what kind of success secrets to do you realize then was there something like that yeah yeah there kind of is um i think the people who have gone on to continue in the field and to really succeed are the ones who um were really curious and again they weren't defensive they weren't trying to prove themselves but they were the people who were constantly learning and constantly open to kind of new ideas about movement um, and constantly experimenting with movement, um, particularly professionally, a lot of dancers go on to become choreographers. And so that's something that's really important in developing choreography that is going to speak to an audience and is going to gather an audience. It's just creating in some ways it's a volume game. It's just creating a ton of content, a ton of choreography, and then finding the ones that resonate with people. Um, and so I think the people who have succeeded professionally are the ones who were willing to 
just constantly be doing that and constantly be trying things out and constantly be putting things out in the world and okay with the moments of failure or moments where their work didn't resonate with people. Um, and they just kept doing it anyway. So, uh, like playfulness and, uh, really getting, mm -hmm. uh, passionate about it is important as well. I assume. Yes. Yes, totally. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you also told me uh, that self-discipline is very important in terms of fully using your potential. Mm -hmm. uh, what would what is the best way you discovered so far to get more self-disciplined, either through mm -hmm. your uh, early life with dance or right now through the coaching you do? Yeah, I um, I've always relied on a consistent schedule um, that helps me remain disciplined. Um, on the days when I don't feel like doing the work that I need to do, um, just having it on my calendar and knowing week after week, like this is my time to do this thing, I'm more likely to do it and not to base whether or not I do it on my feelings. Um, and so, um, and that's, yeah, that's another thing that's just really important when working with teams too, is just having that consistent schedule where the team's coming together to talk through whatever, because um, just leaving it up to people kind of doing it on their own, a lot of stuff can end up following th falling through the cracks. So um, just having that consistent routine that you're always going back to, I think is important. But then it's also, if you're going to do that, it's also really important that you have that you're occasionally revisiting the schedule that you're following and sort of looking at it and saying, is this still serving my needs? Like, is this still serving the purpose that I'm reaching toward? And if not, you change it. Um, and you maybe get rid of the things you don't need anymore or modify whatever you're doing. Um, so having that consistent schedule and just knowing like, this is what I'm doing, whether I feel like it or not, um, but then also revisiting it every few months or whatever um, to decide if it's still something worth doing. And how much uh, flexibility do you allow yourself or your clients? Maybe start with yourself. Yeah, um, I mean, I do allow a lot of flexibility, especially if in general we're following through on our commitments um, because that's, that's a big thing. Like when you don't follow through on commitments, trust starts to break down and trust is fundamental for everything. Um, and so as long as in general, you're following through on your commitments, there's this established trust. Like, of course, life happens. We need to be flexible. We need to change things around or cancel things sometimes or like someone can't make a meeting or whatever. Um, it's just like when when people are making excuses rather than it just being life or rather than it being like a valid thing that came up um when it becomes an excuse that people are trying to get out of something then there's that's an indicator that there's a problem and trust is starting to break down um so of course there's flexibility but it, that is something to kind of be aware of and just notice why these exceptions are being made and how often they're being made. And is it always the same person who's trying to back out of something? Um, because then it can, it can become a problem. And uh, since you started to work with teams, uh, did you develop on your own with your individual uh, knowledge? And how is that like in 
Is there like maybe a special yeah. story to share where you had an aha moment uh, in work? Um, yeah, it kind of, I, um, after, um, after graduating, I worked in a few different jobs and some of them were really, there were a couple that had a really strong and healthy work environment. And then there were a couple that just were so dysfunctional and it drove me crazy that they were, that they were that dysfunctional. And like it, I, every job or almost every job that I've been in has been very purpose centered. And I'm really drawn to those um, like socially oriented uh, businesses, like working in nonprofits and stuff. So most of my work has been in that type of, of field. And I'm like, this business has like such an important mission and such an important thing that we're all here to accomplish. Why is there so much dysfunction in this team? Like if we're all trying to accomplish the same thing, why aren't we working together to achieve it? Um, and so I became really interested in team dynamics and um, sort of objectively, like what can business leaders do to, to foster this within a group of people who's already coming in and saying they're there to achieve this important thing. Um, so that was kind of what got me interested in it was just experiencing this extreme dysfunction and, and people just not working together. Um, and that was kind of what kicked me in that direction. Yeah, and I feel like uh, people are getting more and more specialized in any field, in any job and uh, in nowadays. <clears throat> and I think with that, it even gets harder to kind of get together, but they still have to work together in certain yeah. fields. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think that is true. Um, and it can be really difficult when you are working in a really specialized role. It can be really difficult to understand other people's perspective within the team um, and sort of understanding like, oh, finance keeps nagging me about this thing or like, why can't they just give me this budget or whatever, or, you know, whatever the department. Um, yeah, I think that can create a real disconnect in, in the perspective that people have. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also like, uh, it is a lot easier to get knowledge right now. And uh, yeah. still we are through studies and through school, we are still learning a lot of stuff that we can look up in a few seconds nowadays. <laughs> And yeah. uh, these personal skills that you provide, that maybe I provide as a coach, uh, they are a lot, they, they are getting more and more important because we yeah. still have our uh, problems to work on in business, yeah. in, in every field. And we still try to find solutions, but we maybe have to look for uh, different ways nowadays. And uh, yeah. I think that's where your work comes in. And that is uh, where in the future there is maybe even more work to be done and there's even the need of more of this. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with um, working with those things that don't necessarily have a clear answer. So like you said, you can look anything up on the internet and get an answer if it's informational. But these things like, you know, how do I develop trust within my team, that's, that's kind of going to be unique depending on the group of people you're working with. Um, or even like, you know, how do I work through this conflict that I have, you know, between these two people? It's, you know, there, there are 
definitely tactics and things that you can look up online and you can try to apply them, but then sometimes people still just struggle um, actually getting through their personal situation. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah very good. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you very much for this interview. Uh, there was a lot, a lot of stuff we covered. Uh, if people want to know more of you, how can they reach out to you? They can reach me at, um, I actually, I don't have a website right now. It's down at the moment, but they can email me at we.impact.podcast at gmail.com. All right. You also do podcast podcast. Yes. Yeah, that is my podcast looking at uh, team engagement in social enterprise businesses. All right. Thank you for being here, for taking the time to talk with me. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Hope you did as well. And yeah. hopefully we will talk to each other again at some point. Yes, I would love that. Thank you so much. This was a great conversation. <laughs>